Listener Production. Hello, it's Antoinette Latouf here with this extra episode of The Briefing. So things are getting super icy between Canada and India. You may have seen some headlines and perhaps you're wondering why things have gone from lukewarm to full-on frosty in a matter of weeks. So Canadian Sikh separatist Hardeep Singh Nijar was assassinated in Canada earlier this year in June. So he was seen as a leader in a push for the religious minority Sikhs across the globe to establish an independent state in India called Khalistan. Last week, Canada came out and has blamed the Indian government, saying that this was a political assassination. Here's Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijar. So India has vehemently denied the accusations and it's all created some serious tension and a standoff between the two powerhouse nations. And to talk us through this political and diplomatic standoff and what's expected to come next, I'm joined by Ian Hall, who is a professor of international relations with the School of Government at the Griffith Asia Institute. Professor Hall's most recent book is Modi and the Reinvention of Indian Foreign Policy. Professor Hall, welcome to the briefing. So, what do you make of what's happened so far? Well, it's pretty extraordinary. Uh, it's something that we haven't seen for, for quite a long time. It's pretty unusual for a country to call out another country uh, for indulging in the kind of behaviour that Trudeau's accused India of, of doing. But on the other hand, the Nijar uh, murder in June is, is, probably, is not the only one, was not the only case that we've seen of... Uh, somebody, particularly Khalistani separatists, dying in, in unusual circumstances. We've seen a, a, a few cases in the last few months. Uh, and so there have been some questions asked about why this is occurring. There have been some other deaths, but this is the first one to happen on Canadian soil, right? That's right. So this is the first one that we've seen on Canadian soil. Um, Canada has had some problems in the past with other countries. There was a case in early 2021 of a Saudi activist uh, disappearing, and we still don't have a good understanding of what happened to that activist. And there have been some other cases too, but this is the first one of a, a Sikh separatist going missing, or not going missing, I mean, uh, being murdered in this way. Are you surprised that things have reached this point? Because some observers noted tensions at the G20 summit back in early September between the two nations. I am surprised, uh, really, because I think that Justin Trudeau going to Parliament, making that statement in that way, was a kind of it was a risky strategy. I know the Canadians have said that they have been to New Delhi several times. They've sent delegations over there. They've tried to, to kind of talk through this issue with the Indians before going public. But still, going public in the way that he did, and with the relative lack of evidence that we've got so far, is a bit of an unusual way of handling the situation. So he has says there are credible allegations, but hasn't provided any evidence at this stage. No, not yet. And of course, that's opened up the opportunity for India to not just reject the allegation, but then also say that India is being in some way falsely accused of, of being engaged in this. Uh, India's statements are a little bit contradictory, though. They have said we didn't uh, indulge in this killing. But on the other hand, this person is a dangerous extremist and Canada is harbouring uh, what they view as terrorists. 
And so, you know, some kind of action needs to be taken against these individuals. So there's a little bit of a mixed message coming out of New Delhi. And India is, as we know, an emerging superpower and Prime Minister Modi, he's focused on making sure India is taken seriously, very seriously. He's made no secret of his desire to reimagine India's image. Where to from here? Yes, well, the Indians have already retaliated. So the Canadians, as well as making this statement, threw out the uh, alleged Indian intelligence chief in the High Commission in the embassy in Ottawa. The Indians have retaliated in the same way, throwing out a Canadian diplomat. Um, but they've also gone further. So they've suspended visa issuing to Canadian nationals and to people living in Canada. They've asked the Canadians to reduce the size of their diplomatic mission in New Delhi. So they've gone a little bit further than the Canadians have done I think the ball now, though, is very much in Canada's court. And it depends on whether Canada can put together a case uh, and put it out there in the public domain, given that that case is probably going to be constructed from some evidence assembled by intelligence agencies. So there's a whole bunch of problems there about, about making that public. What are some of the issues with making that public? Well, I think, you know, once you go to intelligence agencies and you say to them, well, look, we want to put out some of the information that you've gathered, then, of course, you expose some of the methods that they've been using to gather that information. So it might end up being a situation where they it becomes obvious that they've been tapping people's phones or even Indian officials' phones. It might come out as well that they've got kind of human intelligence sources that they've been using. They've got people that are working for them within close to Indian officials or to Indian organisations. That's always kind of risky. Uh, And intelligence agencies are generally pretty reticent about wanting to expose their sources and their methods in that way. And of course, too, because this is kind of secret information, it can be challenged uh, again by the Indians can say, well, this has been fabricated or it's not true or it's been misinterpreted. And so it's, it's a really difficult kind of messy situation. Even if these allegations are credible and we don't have any evidence to suggest it goes one way or the other, do you question the method? Because did perhaps Justin Trudeau just misread the room in taking this step and making the statement in such a way? Look, personally, I think he did. I think there are reasons why he did this, though. Firstly, you know, it is not, it's a hostile act uh, if a country does come in and, and murder somebody, even if they're a political extremist, even if they're accused terrorist and, and so on. It's a pretty hostile and unpleasant thing to do, and it's not what we want to encourage, generally speaking. The other thing, though, is that, is that Trudeau is under quite a lot of political pressure from two angles. One is that in the background to all of this, there's a much longer running, much deeper um, concern about foreign interference in Canadian politics. And that's come out because we've seen the revelations that there's been a lot of Chinese interference, alleged Chinese interference in Canada, where MPs have been pressured, community groups have been pressured. There's been a whole bunch of revelations about this in recent months. And so um, the Trudeau government's under pressure to show that it's actually acting on this kind of foreign interference. And the other issue, of course, is that Trudeau's government depends on the votes of parts Mm. of the Indian diaspora. And so they need somehow to show concern towards those voters and towards the diaspora communities. And, of course, that itself has, again, annoyed New Delhi because they're saying, Mm. look, you're, you're just playing politics with all of this. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out that the Sikh community in Canada is the largest outside of India. So they have, they'd be facing, the Canadian government would be facing a lot of pressure from that community. 
Yes, absolutely. It's a well-established community. It's a very politically active one. It's one that makes a great contribution to Canadian society and to the economy and so on. There are, I think, 1.3 million uh, people in the Indian diaspora. A sizable proportion of that mm. is, is Sikh and from Punjab. And so, you know, they, they've been very articulate about articulating what they see as their grievances towards India, and they've, they're very good at organising and putting pressure on the Canadian government too. So there is this domestic political dimension to all of this that we can't really ignore. So what does this mean for Australia and perhaps even the US? We're both strategic partners, we're strategic partners to both of these countries. Are we going to be expected to come in in some way and help sort this out? Well, there's been a discussion already, apparently, between the Canadians and their partners, and that includes the United States and includes Australia and the UK as well. So we've already been asked to come out with a public statement, apparently, condemning this particular act. That pressure is probably not going to go away. It's not in anyone's interest to encourage this kind of behaviour, if it is indeed the, the case that India was involved in this killing. We don't want to see this this spread. We don't want to see these kinds of things happening, generally speaking. So we, we there's some pressure there. But the other thing we've got to recognise too is that we also have a large diaspora community. Mm. And in that diaspora community, there's a sizable number of Sikhs. And some of those Sikhs are interested in the Sikh separatist cause. And they've been quite active in the last few months, year or so, organising these unofficial referenda in favour of Palestine and so on. So there's a lot of scrutiny from New Delhi about how Australia is going to handle this question internally as well. That was Ian Hall, who's a professor of international relations at the Griffith Asia Institute. And you can check out his most recent book, which is Modi and the Reinvention of Indian Foreign Policy. So, wow, that was really tense and fascinating stuff. And this is a very much watch this space kind of story. Watch out for what the Australian government does. Like, will it come out and condemn the alleged assassination? Will Canada actually provide any evidence that India was behind it? And if it does, then what? How will you hold India accountable? And something that Ian pointed out that continues to bubble away in countries like Canada, US, UK and Australia, given our large Indian diasporas, and that's the Khalistan movement that seeks who want an independent state in India. And that's despite Modi's government saying, not on our watch. But that's it for this extra episode of The Briefing. Tom and the team will be back in your feed tomorrow at 6.00.